Behind the Shades. My name is Monique Davis. I, um, I'm a registered nurse. I am a teen crisis coach and I invest in real estate. You can find me on all the social medias. My link tree is attached to my social media at Facebook with just my name and any information that you want on me is somewhere in that link tree. Perfect. So take us through the beginning of your journey into parenting. How did it all start? And was this something that you always thought you wanted to do or was it like, well, I have kid number one, I got to make it work now. So tell us how did it start? So actually my journey started when I was 19. It was unexpected. Um, I really didn't have plans on having any children. I think when you're young at that age, you don't really, well, at least I didn't, I didn't think about having kids at all. And then I was 19 and pregnant. So my journey started then, and I still didn't plan to have any more children after my first one. And yet I ended up with four. So I think God had other plans for me. I remember a time in my late teens around that age where that was always on my mind. I'm like, if I take it to the next level with my girlfriend, what if she gets pregnant? I was like living this paranoia where it could be like, as soon as, for example, you kiss or she gets pregnant. Like it was just like this weird (laughs) mental um, view of it I had. Right. But when you had your first child and this was something that, you didn't think you're you're going to have did you say okay one's enough but then when you look back and you have four later you're like okay i kind of made it work and i'm raising beautiful children and here i am today yeah i think um i didn't plan to have my second one either but i'm thankful that it went the way it went because i had my boys 16 months apart and so they they've been best friends their whole life so it was really, really hard when they were little because um, it's two sets of diapers and all the things. Right. But then as they were kind of had a built in best friend all the time. So it made life a little bit easier for me as they grew up and they had each other, I guess. So I didn't plan on any of that, but that's how it went. And when my girls came along five years later, um, I did plan to have my daughter, not my second daughter. But like I said, God had other plans. <laughs> I think you're one of the first mothers that I've talked to where it's an even split, two boys, two girls. Yeah. Right. Two boys, two girls. And my boys are older and my girls are younger and they're both exactly 16 months apart with both sets. Now that you have four and here's a question that I would like to ask, and hopefully you don't take offense. Would you have any more? Um, I might have, but I could not after the age of 28. So that wasn't an option for me, but I'll tell you, I've gathered children over the years and brought them into my home. So I've had many, many. So maybe. Perfect. Because I don't have any children myself. And when I speak to parents, I always like to understand their journey because I always, when I wanted to have my family and I was able to overcome this fear of everything that I did would get someone pregnant. Um, I wanted it for maybe reasons that weren't the best is because I grew up without my mother or my father. So I always wanted to create a family so I could belong to a family dynamic. 
Um, now that you have four children, you mentioned that you've had other children in and out of the house. Do you feel a sense of family unit with these four children that maybe you didn't think that you would have had earlier on when you didn't want to have children or you weren't planning to have them? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I was young, I thought, oh, I'm going to be this, you know, businesswoman and have no children and just live the single life and do all of that stuff at, in my little 18 year old head. Um, and then I actually became a stay at home mom for many years and I raised my kids at home. So it was a drastic change, but yes, there's a huge sense of, um, belonging there with all that. And, you know, now I'm an empty nester and that changes again. So it's a different, different feeling to have them leave after you've had them most of your life. So how was that journey going from a house that's filled with children, filled with energy, you're chasing kids, you're chasing diapers to now where it's like more children, you can actually hear your own thoughts. How's that experience? It's, it's been interesting. Um, my boys have been gone for about eight, seven and eight years. Um, and then my girls, my last girl just left in January. So I've, I've had children, you know, all along, right up until this, this last January when she went off to college and it's very quiet. It's, it's a different, it's a whole different dynamic and you have to learn how to, what does life look like now, you know, without being just raising kids all the time, do they, they call me and need stuff and all that? Yes. You're still always a mother, but it's definitely different not having them right under your wing all the time. Are you transitioning into like a different type of person now? Because you went from Monique without children, then you went to Monique, the mother, and now you're Monique without children again. Like, how was that transition for you? I'm still in process and I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I think that the last couple of years I knew it was coming. I mean, I've always known for me, I have I've always had the belief system that my children do not belong to me. They have come through me, but they don't belong to me. So I've been preparing them to go out into the world and do their own thing always. But I didn't prepare myself as well as I was preparing them. So um, the last couple of years, I've been trying to get ready for that and kind of establish some things in my life that I do for me um, and all that stuff that that doesn't include them because they have their own lives now. I spoke to someone who recently became an empty nester last year and they told me they're looking at me. They're like, terrain. There are three things I'm going to do right now. Now that my children are the house, I can walk around my house and anything that I want. Right. But she yeah. said naked. I don't know why she wanted to <laughs> experience that, but that was her thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I don't have to wear clothes anymore because I, my son's not there. My daughters aren't there. Everyone she's free. Right. And a second thing she said that she's going to rediscover some of the hobbies that she necessarily couldn't do when she became a mother and, and, a, and a wife. And the third thing she said is, I am going to travel. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to places, but she wasn't thinking about traveling as in like leaving maybe the country or going international, like crossing bodies of water. She was like, Terrain, I'm going to get into my car and just drive. And I don't have to worry about anyone calling me. I don't have to worry about dinner being on the table. None of that. So what are some of the things that you're like, I can do all of this right now because there's no one at home that I have to 
maybe make sure that I'm available because I'm free. I'm an empty nester. So I'm not sure that that's new for me. I've been doing that. I kind of have designed my life to fit my life, the way I wanted to live anyways. And I've kind of thought that in doing that, I would teach my children to do that. So I really haven't held back on anything that I've wanted to do um, throughout my life with them. I've either taken them with me or made arrangements. So I really haven't given up anything um, to be a parent or a mom or whatever. I think maybe I'm not completely free because I still have this dog and that's like having a kid, like you got to get a babysitter, somebody's got to watch the dog. So I'm not 100% sure that I'm completely free, but I, the lifestyle is pretty, pretty similar to what it was. It's just, I just don't have the, are you cooking dinner tonight, mom? Kind of thing. Now I get to make whatever food I want, which I do enjoy, whatever I want to eat, I am making it for myself. If I don't want to cook and I want to eat cereal, then that's what I'm doing. So that's nice. I, I like that. But everything else is pretty, it's pretty much the same aside from noise level. But you know, when kids become teenagers, they don't hang out at home often anyways, or at least mine didn't. They were often running anyway. So had jobs and all those things. So it doesn't seem like it's a huge difference other than those sometimes that I just wish I could walk to their room and see them sleeping in their bed or something, you know. Did you find it sometimes a little bit um, draining, I guess, because you're taking, as a, as a nurse, you're taking care of people at work and then at home, you're taking care of people as well. How were you able to balance both of those situations? I think that was a learned thing. Um, at the, probably the first couple of years of nursing, I didn't do it well. I had gone from being like a stay at home mom. So I was already a caretaker. That's all I ever did was take care of people. So when I became a nurse, um, I've only been a nurse about 10 years. When I became a nurse, it was, I didn't know how to um, balance that very well. It took me a couple of years. And then after a couple of years, I just, I had, I figured out when my cup was getting empty and I learned how to fill up my own cup because I figured out that when my cup was empty, I couldn't fill up anybody else. I couldn't help anybody else. So I'm, I'm a really big, um, when things are, getting a little empty. I go and find some nature. I'm, I'm a big one for the forest and running water and all those things. And I journal every day and I meditate and do different things like that, that to kind of keep my cup full. With your children leaving the house and I think your boys are the oldest, right? Your two sons. Mm -hmm. Yep. Are you ready respectfully to become a grandmother? Um, yeah, I am ready. I don't know that they're ready quite yet. I would have been ready already. I'm go ahead and bring them. It's, it's really different with when you have so many children, because all of my children did not stay like in a hometown, right? So they all went away. They all left and went to different places. And as when you have four, how do you decipher, like, where do you live? So you're close. So you have the ability to be close to your grandkids. Well, that's not an option for me. I'm going to be traveling to see all of them, no matter what, because they're all in different areas. But I would say, am I ready? Yes. I'm ready when they are. I don't, I'm not pushing the issue. If it doesn't happen for many years, that's okay. Whenever they are ready to be parents, I'm, I'm ready. One woman, when she told me that she was transitioning, well, not transitioning, but when she became a, a grandmother, she said, one of the best things that ever happened to her is that the children get to leave. Meaning that when they come over and they visit, 
she plays with them like she's a fun grandmother, right? She's one who gives them the gifts, who has fun time. She plays all these games. And then when she's had a day, she's like, okay, it's time for you guys to go home. She gets to send them home. What type yeah. of, whenever it does happen, what type of grandmother do you think that you are going to be when that situation does arise? I think same. I, I think that I am, I'm done full-time parenting. So I am not trying to um, parent my grandchildren. Will I love on them and be so excited to have them and all that? Yes. And and I will probably be just as excited when they go home <laughs> because I'm done parenting and I don't, and I think, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a great experience to have them just to be able to love on them and have fun and not have to be all the time on. When you look back on your parenting journey, what's something that you had to overcome to continue to be the parent that you want to be to your four children? Oh goodness. I had to overcome a million things. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure that for me, I think the good parts of parenting are also the bad parts, right? I was very young when I had my sons and I was just too young and dumb to know any better. So I let them do everything. I didn't, um, I didn't withhold. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about them about much of anything. I mean, they ate dirt and did all sports and everything. And I just didn't have the knowledge to like be worried or afraid for them. So that was bad and good, right? Because they don't have a lot of fears. Um, they're able to kind of, you know, persevere through a lot of things. Cause we were figuring it out together. Like my boys and I, we really did grow up together. I feel like, cause I was not, I was not grown when I had them. Um, and then when they became, when they were almost teenagers, my husband and I divorced and that was a very long-term divorce. And so there was a lot of overcoming there for me to be able to show up for them. Um, because you kind of have to put your own stuff aside, uh, and not, you know, attack each other and be nasty and all those things for them. It has to kind of become about them. So that was a, that was definitely something we overcame together. Many young parents um, will explain the same situation where they feel that they were young when they had their first child. As you mentioned, like you're a teenage mother, you're 19. Some may say the same thing at 20 and 21. And when I look back at uh, my grandmother, maybe your grandmother as well, they had children so young. And we're like, how the hell did they make that work? And back then, there's no internet and there wasn't yeah. any of the, the resources that maybe we had. All they had to do was jump on the ferry, go to the farmer's market and pick up a man or pick up a woman, right? And they would live happily ever, well, somewhat happily ever after. Right. When you were going through being a young mother, especially at that age, which is quite young, right? We're fresh out of, I think, high school at that point. Um, did you have a support system that was able to help you along or where did you draw your strength and maybe your, um, your wisdom from to help you along that journey being a young mother at that age? I really figured it out on my own a lot. Most, um, I'm just very determined and I don't quit no matter what. Um, but my mom was very much like, well, you put yourself here. So you're going to figure it out. Um, she 
there was, I mean, could I always go to her if I needed something? Of course. But as, as far as like having a really big support system, I would say my grandfather was probably one of my biggest support systems because he understood that I was very young and I still needed to have a life. Um, and so he would watch the boys a lot for me, um, at that point. But as far as like having people tell me, well, do this or don't do that or whatever. I really didn't have that. I figured it out on my own. Um, I went with my gut. I felt like they were my babies that came from my body and I knew best. And so I just went and leaned in on that and did whatever I thought was the best thing for them. And I don't know if I got it right all the time, but I went with my gut most of the time. <laughs> I believe a lot of parents do that because it's one of those things where there isn't a manual. It's like you can go to the library, you can search how to become the greatest mom in the world or the greatest dad in the world, right? Um, we try to make sure that we do the best that we can, just like how our parents did or our grandparents, where you're basically flying, you're basically building it as you fly it. And you want to make sure that, hey, this is the situation I'm in. I'm not only responsible for myself, but I'm responsible for one child, two child, four children. I have to make sure that they're going to be okay as well. Were you always this assured of yourself where you're saying that I know that I can do this? So Monique, you better get ready to do this. Did you always have that type of confidence? I don't know that it was confidence. It was like, I felt like there was no other option. I wasn't confident in my abilities at all, but I felt like, well, what, what are the other options? You know, you're going to figure this out and, and do it the best you can and hope that you don't mess this little baby up. And that was what I went with. I, you know, but as far as confident, no, I didn't feel confident at all. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing from day one. I didn't believe that a hospital would hand me this baby and let me leave with it, but they did. <laughs> You're probably thinking, oh my goodness, my life is changing before my eyes. And was it, was there something like what changes did you have to make in regards to how you were operating your life as you're having child one, two, three, and four? Well, I mean, I think when I had Eli, I, my, my first, my first son, I had, I was, I was just so selfish, right? Like I was a teenager. I was, I don't even think I had a job. I was like just a hot mess. Um, so I had to get responsible really quick and I had to figure out how to put him before anything else. Um, and you learn how to do that really, really quickly when they hand you this baby, because there's not another option or there wasn't for me. It was all about him at that point. So your whole life changes. I mean, I wasn't going out with friends anymore. I wasn't, you know, doing the things that I want to do. I wasn't sleeping in, which I loved to do. Um, I wasn't doing any of the things that I wanted to do anymore because it wasn't about me. It was about him. And that continued with each child. Each child brings another level of, you know, what you're giving up and making space for and time for. And um, there's not, you know, hopefully you get some time for you in there, but who knows? Not often when there's four. Parents go from lots of sleep to absolutely no sleep very, very quickly. And 
there was one person I that shared this story where she had to learn to sleep when her child was sleeping because there was nights where she was just like a zombie where she was so sleep deprived. She was bumping into things. She just didn't know where the day was, was going. And for the next generation of men and women who are looking to be parents, who may be parents right now, what advice Monique, would you want to give them in regards to making sure that they're as successful as they can be when it comes to parenting? I think you get so much advice. You get so much, don't lay them this way. Don't feed them this way. Don't let them have this. Don't. I think that if you just stay with the fact that you know this is your baby, you know what's best, you know how to how to care for them, that it's innately in you. And the other thing I would say that I didn't do well, and when you get past points, you look back and you say, oh, I really wish, and it's to be present because I was the one that wasn't, you know, I, I was worried about the dishes in the sink and the laundry piled up and all that stuff. And so I missed moments with them. And the one thing that you don't ever get back with anything is time. And so there's just things that can wait. It'll still be there. The dishes are still going to be there. They're not going anywhere. So if I had to say my advice would be be present in the moments because you only get so many and then they're gone and just go with your gut on your baby. It's that everybody's going to have an opinion. Let their opinions settle where they are and you do what you need to do with your baby. You made a good point where you said that you want to trust yourself because you're the parent and it's your child. And there are some times where new parents they don't trust themselves because they don't have a, a reference point, right? They would go, they would defer to someone else who maybe have more children. Was there ever a time where maybe you were unsure about something and you thought about going to someone then, but then you caught yourself, you said, hey, I got this. This is my child. I know what's best and I'm going to try my best for that child. I think oftentimes I had that, um, Do I, is this the right thing? Do I... Should I take them to the doctors? They've had a fever for three hours. You know, all those kinds of things. They always are going to come up. Um, I had one girlfriend who, who had children before me. She was a little older than me. And she was my trusted, like, if I was ever going to ask anybody anything, it would be her. But I felt like if I didn't learn this and, and figure him out on my own, if I didn't, if we didn't get in our own rhythm and I didn't know his cues and what to do with them on my own, would I ever, would we ever be cohesive and get into that group? I just was questioning that. So I, I did every single thing I could to figure it out on my own prior to going to anyone else, because every baby is different. Every parent's different. The, the connection is different. And so, yes, they can give you advice and say, well, well, you know, try to do this or try to do that, but it may not work with your child the way that it worked with theirs. So when you're um, assisting your clients in regards to um, helping them along in their life and some of the, the situations that you, as you've gone through, do you see yourself in some of the men and women that you are assisting? All the time. And if I don't see myself, I, I try to imagine what it would be like, or could I have been in that position? And if I had been in that position, what would it have been like for me? Um, because I think that that's the best way to help 
and treats is to be able to see it from those eyes and not from yours. There's always one question I like to ask before um, I let my guests go. And the question is, if you were to meet all the people that you've impacted positively, not the ones that, you know, that want to say Monique's the devil, <laughs> right? But the ones that you've impacted positively, what's something that you'd want to say to them to make sure that they continue being the best that they can be? Wow. Um, I, I think that you, I think when I make it, if I make an impact on somebody, I'm, I'm actually always grateful that they shared the space with me, um, that I was allowed to go on the journey with them because you're not always welcomed on everybody's journey. Right. And that's okay. So, so always to me, it's a, it's a thank you first. And then it's a share keep sharing what you've learned and what you know and how you got better and all those things, because that's the ripple effect. And that's really all that I would say is continue to continue to share. You shine your light now because you've seen a light, right? The light guided you. So now be that light and shine that for someone else because they'll see your light differently than they see mine. So that's always, I guess, would be my advice. I would probably say the same thing because to be allowed on someone's journey is a reward in itself, especially if you know that the person came to you said terrain because of your advice, because of what you're doing, because of your assistance, I was able to do this somewhere along the lines as, as your nurse, right? You're helping people get better. And then when you're speaking to other people, some of your clients, you're helping them improve as well. Like day in, day out, you're in a way impacting a number of people positively. And if you compare it to your children, let's say, for example, I said this at the at one of the um, talks when I when it was my grandmother's birthday. I said, you look at this woman right here. You'll get, let's say, for example, my grandmother, you'll get Monique. And you say four children came from her. And then when, if those four children have other children, then these, all the children all roll up to you and you can see your impact generation to generation to generation. Looking at, at that perspective, how would that make you feel? Yeah, I think that that's awesome. And I think that I was fortunate that I had a mother who basically told me always my whole life, she said, look, I screwed up a million things, but I was doing the best that I could do. And you need to go be better than me so that the next generation is better than me and better than you. And, and I've told my children that same thing and, and any, and any clients learn what I have, right? Take what's good about me and then go make it better. Keep the good and leave the bad, but go continue to make that better because I think that that's where the ripples come, you know, and those generations, right? Like you, you look back and you think, well, some people never change those generational things and, and the cycle continues and, and the ones that, that do, it changes the entire cycle for all generations to come. That's amazing to me.